chapter 2, verse 7 to 16, and uh, while we're turning our devices there or looking on the screen, uh, this is going to be very prophetic um, this, this morning, and um, I want, if you have children in the nursery, uh, if you have a child in the nursery, your child does not have to be up here, but you need to... Uh, be ready as a parent of a child in the nursery. And um, you'll see where we're going this morning, but uh, God wants to release something this morning. Amen. And we're just going to be open to what he wants to do. Matthew chapter 2, verse 7 to 16. Uh, and this is from the New Living Translation. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and carefully search, or search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too, worship him also. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house. Say the house. The house. They, they, they entered the house, not a stable. They entered the house. And when they saw the child, say the child. Not a baby. I messed up all your Christmas programs already. And guess what? The drummer boy wasn't there either. <laughs> We're going to have fun this morning. When the wise man came, he wasn't in a stable. He wasn't an infant. And they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, and just because there were three gifts doesn't mean there were three wise men. I'm messing up everything. I mean, it's all right to still sing, we three kings of Orient. Uh, you, it's still all right. It's still all right. But the Bible does not say there were only three. There could have been three, but anyways, I digress. And I'm having fun. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country uh, by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Verse 13, And the after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, yeah. Satan, Satan is trying to kill your dream. That night, he didn't, he didn't wait for confirmation. He didn't put out a fleece. That night, Joseph left for Egypt and with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed in Egypt until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him, had tricked him, had deceived him, so to speak. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on 
the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. The name Joseph means, may the Lord add to me. May the Lord add to me, or may the Lord add to my life. That's what the name, if you have a name Joseph, that's what your name means. It means, may the Lord add to me, or add to my life. And it's interesting because it doesn't say the Lord will add to my life. It is may, meaning that God needs permission to add to your life. He's not just going to do things. He needs your cooperation, just like he would like his will, his desire is that everybody would get saved, everybody would receive Jesus Christ as their savior, but he needs permission. And so we've been, we've been uh, speaking a series, and this is the final uh, message of that series, and the series is can, can God or can the Lord add to my life in 2018? Can God add to my life? In 2018, God wants to add some wonderful things to our lives in the next year. Uh, and there's three things he wants to add to our lives. Number one, he wants to add to our lives, like he did to Joseph, responsibility. Responsibility. So you find Joseph, for example, God says to uh, Joseph, uh, he, he, his wife comes to him and says, or his, actually the woman he's engaged to comes to him and says, I have this baby, I am pregnant, and, I, and so he's you know, kind of saying to himself, well, you know, nobody else ever got pregnant by the Holy Spirit, so why should I believe you? Are you following me so far? And, uh, and God is saying to him, I, I want to add some responsibility to your life. I want to add to you not only this woman named Mary, but I also want to add to you my child. And I ask myself, what kind of man, what kind of man could God trust to raise his child, to raise his dream, to raise his hope? And we talked about the fact that God wants to add responsibility to your life. He wants to add people to your life who he wants you to cover. And we, if you remember three weeks ago, we had three umbrellas. The first umbrella was a small umbrella, meaning that some of us just want to be responsible for ourselves. We just want to cover ourselves. We just want to make sure that we're covered. Then I had a little uh, bigger umbrella, and that is, you know, uh, some of us want to cover, okay, I'll cover myself, and I'll cover my spouse, and I'll cover my children. So it's blessed us for no more. But God wants us to wants to give us great responsibility, larger responsibility. The last umbrella I had was a big, uh, I guess they call it a golf umbrella, a huge umbrella where not only you can fit yourself, not only you can fit your spouse, not only you can fit your children, but you but you can fit other people who the Lord will send your way for you to be responsible for, responsible for, for you to be connected with for you to check in on. Are you with me so far? And then last week, although the, chill, although the 8.30 service did not get to uh, uh, hear this message because, we, because, of the, because of the children's program at 8.30, and can we give the hand, a hand for the children? They did an amazing job. If you didn't get an opportunity to see them, they were amazing. But we said that God wants to add to our lives not only responsibility, but he wants to add to our lives revelation. Revelation. Uh, he, he, says, he says to the angel Gabriel, Gabriel is a Hebrew name which means man of God, and he's an angel which means messenger. So the messenger, the man of God who's the messenger, he, he gives us message and he says to Joseph, that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And we're talking about the fact that, that the, one of the definitions of the word uh, idea is to conceive in the mind. And the, the word revelation means to pull back the veil, to pull back the cover. Are you following me so far? And, and so what we were saying is that can God reach you with revelation? Can God add something to my life that doesn't make sense? Are you with me? Can God, can God speak to me and I not prosecute him? How's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? Can he just 
reveal his plan to me, and I say yes and amen? Can he tell me to apply for a job that I'm not qualified for, but I do it anyways because he says so? And, and we were talking about Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 to 8, and God says, Seek, Isaiah says, Seek ye the Lord while, may, while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And then he goes on to say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. In other words, God's saying the way I think is not the way you think. My ways are not your ways. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. Paul picks up the same theme in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, when he says, the, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit because they are foolishness to him. It doesn't make sense. Tithing doesn't make sense to give 10% of my income and yet instead of being left with 90%, I'm left with 110%. It doesn't make sense. And so we talked about this. Uh, we, if you remember last week, those of you who were here, I had this uh, uh, young lady, we had another gift and I said, open up this gift. And she tore the package open and when she opened it up, she looked in the box and there was nothing. And she looked at, and, and she looked like she was embarrassed and her attitude is, I did all that work for nothing. And what we found out was that the gift was not in the box. It was in the wrapping paper. Ah, and what we're saying is that, well, no, actually, why don't you tell your per the neighbor, because you don't look like you believe me. Turn the person next to you and say, my friend, what God has for you is not in the box. It's in the wrapping paper. It's not in the present. It's in the process. Folks, it only took 11 days to get to the promised land. But God says, I want you to go this route because it's going to take two years. And the reason why it's going to take two years is because I need to prepare you to receive what I want to give you. And you ain't ready yet. Mm. You ain't ready to get married if all you can make is microwave popcorn. Did he say that? You ain't ready to get married if you don't have a J-O-B. Well, I want my woman to take care of me. Oh, really? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. So God has a process, but sometimes we can delay the process by not learning our lesson. So instead of taking two years, they took 40. Some of you are upset at God, why are you taking so long? And God is saying, why are you taking so long? Because God is, we're made in God's image. And just look straight ahead, look straight ahead, because those of you who are parents have used these words, how many times do I have to tell you? Ooh, it's quiet in here. I know you wanted a nice, oh, the herald angels sing. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Why, why, you, why, you, why you getting all deep on Christmas Eve? Let me, let me just enjoy the first Noel, you know? But God wants to add revelation. He wants to reveal things to us that don't make sense, but are very real. So finally, I want to speak to you this morning, the third part of the sermon, which is uh, God wants to add to us not simply responsibility, not simply revelation, but God wants to add to us resources. 
And I want to encourage you right off the bat that whatever, wherever God plans a thing, he provides for a thing. If God gives you a revelation, because it's his revelation, he will finance it. He will provide. As a matter of fact, if you, you need to understand that the word provide is two Latin words, pro, which means before, and video, which means to see. So provide really means God sees beforehand. In other words, what God is saying is that before you get to where I am sending you, I've already seen where you're going, and when you get there, provision will be there for you to do what I called you to do. I'm not going to repeat that. You need to go and listen to it online. But God, it, Jesus says these words in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. In other words, God is already where you're headed. He's already picked out who's going to interview you for the job he wants you to have. He's already picked out the agent for the house you're supposed to purchase. He's already, he's already made arrangements for the people who's supposed to work around you so that they can receive the gospel from you. Mm. God has already arranged for who the teacher is for your child. Already arranged it. As a matter of fact, God has already arranged for the college professor for your child who isn't even born yet. Tell somebody he's a bad God. I mean, like bad in, as in good. Just to... There's this tax that has gone forth, decreed, it's tax decreed that's gone forth by uh, Caesar that everybody must return back to this town where they were born, get registered so they can pay taxes. Are you following me so far? And so Mary is, I mean, she is like good and pregnant. And, uh, and some of you, when you get to heaven, you need to sell, tell Mary, Mary, you know, I salute you because to ride on a donkey from Nazareth where, you know, they were, they, they were living in Nazareth, nice and, nice and comfortable, and all of a sudden God, Caesar says, hey, you have to go back to your hometown and you need to understand that the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, where, where Joseph was born, was 90 miles. Now, let me put it this way. Mary rode on a donkey from Boston to Hartford, Connecticut. Mm. And if you drive the speed limit, turn your neighbor and say, but I don't. Uh, but if you drive the speed limit, it should take about an hour and a half to get from Boston to Hartford. But it actually, in these days, the average day journey was 20 miles, which means that Mary was riding on a donkey, pregnant, for four and a half days. Lord have mercy. And they finally get to Bethlehem, and these uh, wise men come to visit this child who is born. So once they get to Bethlehem, about two years go by. Are you following me? Say two years. Two years go by, and this little infant that was born in a manger, we know, you know we even sing songs away in a manger, and that, that's... That's right. But what happens is that this child, this infant is now a child. Folks, they didn't live in a stable for the rest of their lives. Okay. They moved into a house. So now they're in a house, and 
Could you imagine you're in this house and Joseph doing his carpenter thing, you know, just working along, and all of a sudden, these these three wise men, these or these wise men show up, a whole caravan show up, and they see your child, and they all bow down and worship this child. Are you with me so far? And as they bow down and worship this uh, child, they recognize, this is heavy now, they recognize the wise men, they have traveled from, I, they, they travel from Persia, which is Iran, all the way to Bethlehem. Are you following me? And that journey is about a thousand miles. They have traveled about a thousand miles. It is like walking, are you with me, from Boston to Charleston, South Carolina. They have traveled almost two months. And they said, we have come to worship this king. And they go to this child. Is, is, um, is Ephraim here? Yeah, come up here, Ephraim. Thank you. So they, so they come to this child who is about two years old. I think Ephraim's three. And yeah. And, and could you imagine? Could you imagine? Don't worry, it pays to come up here. And could you imagine? People coming to your child and worshiping. You can take it. Take it far. Okay. And, and my point is, can I hold you for a minute? Okay. Ah. High five. No high five. <laughs> wow. I don't have the anointing today. Ah. Edit that part out of the message. <laughs> they don't see this little child as a ooh, they see the child as a king. Parents, how do you see your children? When my wife was pregnant with my two daughters, I prayed the same prayer that I pray over many of the children I dedicated, but while, while she was pregnant, I put my, and it seems like yesterday, I put my hand on her stomach and, and, and I knew they were girls. And I started praying for their jobs, for their husbands, for their children. Why is that? Because I recognized that that embryo was not just a baby. That embryo is going to be a woman. How do you see your children? Are you raising up? A kid, a child, are you raising up a man and a woman of God? Ooh. They bring three gifts. They bring gold. And Psalm 72, verse 15, Ecclesiastes 2, verse 18 says, Gold is a gift that you give a king. Are you with me so far? Then they brought him also not only gold, but frankincense. So the gold was saying, this baby that you have called Jesus, 
he is, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This baby that you brought, not only, thank you, Lord, not only is he a king and we brought him gold, but we brought him frankincense, which, which frank incense, frank incense, which is the gift that exemplifies the fact that he is not only a king, but he's a priest. And the word priest, as you see, is the Latin word pontifex, ponte, which means bridge, and facio, which means to make or to build. So a priest is a bridge builder. A, a priest is a bridge builder. In other words, when someone says to Elder Roy, Elder Roy, no, I won't, I won't use you because everybody says, of course you're supposed to do this because you're a minister. So when someone says, Marcel, Marcel, I need you to pray for me. Or when someone on your job asks you, no, Camille, could you pray for me? What they're saying to you is, I need you to be the bridge from me to God. And we're to offer up, Leviticus chapter 2, verse 2 and 16, we're to offer up incense of, of our prayers according to Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. Uh, 8 to verse 5, I always mix them up, but I think it's 5 to 8. Our prayers are incense to the Lord. So I always, as a man of God, are you with me? As a man of God, as a man who belongs to God, I, I cover my wife and I cover my daughters as the bridge to God. Not that they can't get to God on their own, but my responsibility is to make sure that I am the priest of the home. And then myrrh represents the child's future. He is going to die for man's sin. It is an embalming fluid for man's sin. I want to get back to the gold because they have this ecstatic experience. Men who have traveled almost two months to, to a town, not even a city, a, a, a backwards, out-of-the-way town, these Persian priests dressed in just decorated with op opulence and they're bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh and I, I could see Joseph saying we have hit the jackpot I don't have to work anymore they go from ecstasy to all of a sudden he has a dream that Herod is going to kill the very child that was just celebrated a few hours ago. And you need to get up and leave, not your town, leave the country. You have to leave the country. I was going to say something wise, but let me stay in the word. You have to leave the country because Herod wants to kill your baby. And the journey from Bethlehem to Egypt was about 430 miles around there. That was like going from Boston to Washington, D.C. Are you with me so far? Now, here's the point I want to get to, and I want to back up a little bit. I'm almost finished here. God knew that Joseph and Mary were going to have to pick up and leave. And so he brings these wise men over 400 miles, not simply to worship the king, but also to give them resources to live in Egypt where he called them. Folks, where do you think the gold went? 
Where do you think the myrrh went? Where did you think the frankincense? Those are all very, very expensive resources. And God is saying, I'm going to send you to Egypt for a few years, but I've already made provision for you. Wherever you are going, God is already there with resources to make sure you succeed. And so what I want to do, I want to take a break right here. And I want, first of all, I want every child between the age of zero and five. Are you with me? Zero and five. And if you have to bring your child up, that's fine. It, what do you mean zero to five? Meaning that if your child is an unborn child and you're not too concerned about people knowing. Okay, okay, okay. I, I want you to come up here and this, because the Lord told me to get a bunch of these $1 coins that look like gold, but I guess they're not. And I want you to repeat after me. I am, I am to, never to never spend this. Spend this. this is going to be prophetic to remind you parents that God has already made provision for your child. He is going to pick out the right teachers, the right schools, the right scholarships, the right jobs, the right spouses. He got your child already resourced because it's not your child, it's his. And whenever your child starts acting crazy or doing things that you're like, oh my goodness, I, I, I want you, all your child, to take out this coin and remember December 24th, 2017, God says he is going to be the resource for my child. And he already knew that in 2037, 20 years from now, that my child was going to be where my child is. So if you have a child, zero to five, I want you to move quickly, move quickly, move quickly, move quickly, move quickly. Okay, keep it moving. Thank you. Bless you. Oh, you got a... Oh, okay. Yeah. Each one of you take one. You want more? <laughs> I know you have... You have your two here. Okay. Oh, this is beautiful. That's for your little one. Oh, Miss Lizzie. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I didn't know. Blessings. Ah, look at this. One. He's saying no, but he'll need it in the future. Oh, okay. Yep. Blessings to you. Blessings to you. Blessings to you. Okay, yep. Blessings to you. Blessings to you. Blessings to you. Boy, a whole lot of people being outed. Blessings to you. Ah, wonderful. Man, I have some, Wow, we have a lot of kids. Good Lord. Thank you. Blessings. Okay. 
I said, oh, wow, you know how to handle your money. <laughs> Blessings, yes. Take that for her. Blessings. 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 I know she's your daughter. She's smiling about that money. <laughs> okay. Blessing, yeah. Bless, oh Lord, whoo. Wow. Blessings. Yep. Blessings. Yeah. Blessings. Blessings. Wow. Oh, there's more. Lord, have mercy. Blessings. Wow. Okay, you're going to take your own money. Okay. Blessings. Blessings. All right, Dad, you owe me that $2 back because your kids came up. Now, hmm? Okay. Blessings. All right. All right. Your grandchild. Okay. All right. Now. Thank you. Okay. Quickly now. If you're a child, 17 and under, come quickly. 17 and under. 17 to 6. Okay. No double dipping. Okay. Okay. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving, 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 wow, keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving, yes. You can tell these are older kids like, yeah, I like this money. Thank you. Keep it moving. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay, we definitely have a lot of kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Keep it coming, keep it coming. You already got one? She already got one, right? Okay, okay. Did you get one? Okay. Ooh. Huh? Okay, I'll get him. I'll get him. I'll get him. Yep. One, two, three, four, five. Wow. Okay, I got to hit you too late. Did you get one? Sophia? Okay, I'll have to hit you. Wow. Okay, I'll get you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Wow. Now, I just gave out $100. That's a lot of kids in our church. I should have listened to the Holy Spirit. I had some extra ones, and I said, nah, I ain't going to be that many kids. But I guess I get some more. I want every child who receives it to stand up right now. And those who didn't get their coin, don't worry, I'm going to have it for you. I'm going to have it for you. And I want you to hold that coin. 
And just for 30 seconds, say 30 seconds. I want every adult around them for 30 seconds to just pray for them right now. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for them. You can reach out and touch them or you can just pray right where you are. But I want you to pray for them. This is a defining moment. It is a shift. It's a it's a moment that we recognize that they're not just children. They are going to become men and they're going to become women. And God has already made provision for them. Not simply treasure, but he's going to bring talented people into their lives to make sure that they accomplish the plan and purpose of God for their lives. He's going to bring in people who will make time for them to make sure that they accomplish their purpose. But he will not do that independent of your prayers. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that we are a church that is blessed with well over 100 children. Pretty amazing, Lord. Pretty amazing. And so, Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you will supernaturally begin to make these children, whether they are infants and toddlers or they're 17 that you will make them acutely aware that you have gone ahead of them and that you are already mapping out their future because they are connected with this place called Pentecostal Tabernacle that understands that we were created to do the will and purpose of God that we were created to do God's dream. And Lord, your dream is huge. Your dream is bigger than what we could ever even imagine. That Lord, no matter what their grades say, they will get into the school that you want them to get into. No matter what they're, not that they're not going to do the work and do the resumes they need to do it, but that's not going to be the determining factor. If they handle their business, you will handle your business through them. And so, Lord, we thank you that, that parents and children will be able to look back on this day, December 24th, 2017, as, as, a, as a marking point that God will provide for my children. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord praise. See the frankincense, and give me give me five minutes. The frankincense talks about this, the priesthood, and the Bible says that Jesus is our high priest. And and this is gonna this is I want to encourage some of you because for some of you, the, this year was kind of a messed up year. Uh, but you need to understand that uh, Elder Nita shared a message on on last Tuesday called "Mercy Me," powerful message. And again, it's talking about God's ability to have mercy on us even when we don't deserve it. Even when we don't deserve it. And, and I said that the word mercy means bounteous. And the word bounteous, I, I thought about the fact of what bounty does. And what bounty does, <laughs> I, I, unbeknownst to me, I, I, I got this from... Uh, a person, and I left it on my desk. And somebody went to clean it up and realized that it was just, you know, a fake spill. But my point is, is that God has the ability, and his mercy is when God cleans up mess. Whether it's somebody else messing up on you or you messing up, God has the ability to clean up your mess. And, and so 
you have the ability at the end of this year to say, God, I kind of messed that up, but I'm asking you for mercy, that you will clean up my mess. And he has the ability to do so. So stop allowing the enemy to make you feel guilty, to make you feel like nothing will ever change, to make you feel like you're stuck, to make you feel like you have to live with this mess for the rest of your life. God is the quicker picker-upper. The blood of Jesus cannot simply clean up mess, but it can clean your sin. He can even clean your past. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. So I want to end with this. I want to end with this. Uh, Andrew, I see you. Could you come out here for a moment? Now, the reason why I'm bringing out Andrew, uh, uh, Andrew, how old are you? 20. Wow. Wow. Now, the reason why I say this, why I said wow, is because you know, I'm known now as the pastor who kind of hands out money. You know, parents are like, go up there, you're going to get paid. Um, and, 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 and I started doing this because I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I get kids to love church? And most kids love money. So I started doing this, and Andrew was about seven years old. And I remember this little guy, every time I would say, can I get an illustration? Andrew would raise his hand up. <laughs> I think I funded his way through college. <laughs> and now he's a 20-year-old man. Lord have mercy. And but isn't it interesting, he's still in the house of the Lord. So I want to use you for one more illustration. I want you to stand over there. Get, no, stand yeah, right there. And I'm just going to throw you the football. Okay. Okay. I want you to stand over there. Okay. Okay. You can throw it back. Okay, why don't you stand over there? Stand there. This is my final illustration. Okay, throw it back. Okay, just stand over there again. Okay, you can throw it back. Okay, stand over there. Okay, now he don't feel any pressure. He's, thank you, throw it back. Okay, very good. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. What was that all about? What was that all about? Andrew stood there. The ball went there. He caught it. Andrew stood there. Threw the ball. He caught it. Andrew stood there. Threw the ball. He caught it. If they stood there, I threw the ball. He caught it. What's my point? My point is your life is the football. And Andrew represents the Lord. And this altar represents, sorry, this altar represents crossing over into a new year. And so my point is that no matter where your life goes, the hand of the Lord will be there to catch you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are his everlasting arms he will not let you fall no matter where you go he'll be there 
to catch you. He is your resource. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship God and thank him for being there. No matter where I am, his hand is there to catch me. Can we just spend just, just, just 20 seconds thanking him that no matter where we were in 2017, his hand was there to catch me. When I was sick, he caught me. When I was looking for a job, he caught me. When I didn't think I was going to get into a certain school, he caught me. When a relationship broke up, he caught me. When a relationship came together, he caught me. He will always be there to catch me. He is my resource. He is the source I can go back to again and again and again. And if I'm driven out of my comfort zone, if I'm driven out of my Bethlehem all the way to Egypt, he will make provision to make sure that I make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bishop, you don't understand what I'm going through. He'll be there. Even in the point of death, he'll be there. He will never leave you nor abandon you. Thank you, Lord. I know I keep saying this, but just take 10 more seconds to thank you.